0: Life Talk Radio presents Health and Longevity, the program dedicated to bringing you cutting-edge information and interviews that can change your life. On each edition, nutritionist, registered dietitian, and board-certified anti-aging health practitioner, Dr. John Westerdahl, will show you how to achieve a longer, healthier life using the latest breakthroughs in nutrition, wellness, and lifestyle medicine. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Westerdahl.
1: Welcome to Health and Longevity. I'm Dr. John Westerdahl. Today there is a growing interest in vegetarian diets, vegetarian recipes, and the health benefits of plant foods. On today's program, we will talk about vegetarianism with our featured guest, Elizabeth Turner, the editor-in-chief of Vegetarian Times Magazine. But before we get into today's exciting topic, let's hear the latest research and news affecting our health and longevity today.
0: Dr. Westerdahl presents the Health and Longevity News and Research Update, bringing you the most pertinent and important information about your health and longevity. Excess weight increases
1: risk of colon cancer. Excess weight increases the risk of colon cancer, especially among men, according to a new study published in the American Journal of Epidemiology. Researchers analyzed the data from 324,524 men and women participating in the National Institutes of Health AARP Diet and Health Study. These findings are consistent with a meta-analysis of 29 other studies which found a positive association between body weight and colon cancer risk Risk for both men and women. Well, vegan diets have lower cancer risk. Vegan diets are linked to a lower overall cancer rate, according to a new study published in the journal Cancer Epidemiology, Biomarkers, and Prevention. The diets of 69,120 participants from the Adventist Health Study 2 were tracked for more than four years. Dietary patterns were divided into five categories non vegetarians. Semi-vegetarians, lacto-ovo-vegetarians, the type of vegetarians that are also consume dairy products and eggs, pesco-vegetarians, vegetarians who consume dairy products, eggs, and fish, and vegans, those vegetarians who consume no animal products at all. Vegans had a sixteen percent. Decreased risk of all cancers, and vegan women had a 34% decreased risk of other specific cancers, including breast, ovarian, and uterine cancers compared with non-vegetarians. Well, there's more evidence that cutting fatty foods helps you lose weight. Diets lower in total fat led to a lower total body weight compared to diets higher in fat, according to a new review published in the British Medical Journal. Researchers analyzed 43 studies that were more than 180,000 participants from developed countries and determined that the lower the fat intake, the lower the body mass index, a measure of body weight adjusted for height. The smaller the size weights was also seen and the greater the weight loss. Lower fat intake was also associated with lower levels of total cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, and blood pressure. Well, here's a report about arsenic-laced meat. More than 1.5 million pounds of arsenic-containing drugs were sold for use on livestock farms in 2010, according to analysis of the FDA documents by the Johns Hopkins Center for Livable Future. Consumption of arsenic from animals is toxic to human health, and arsenic from animal waste is toxic to the environment. Here's a study that shows that vegetarians live longer. Vegetarian diets can extend life expectancy according to an early finding from the Adventist Health Study 2. Vegetarian men live an average of 83.3 years compared with non vegetarian men, who live an average of 73.8 years. And vegetarian women live an average of 85.7 years, which is 6.1 years longer than non vegetarian women. This study is ongoing and includes more than 96,000 participants. These results further indicate vegan diets to be healthful and associated with a lower body weight, on average 30 pounds lower than the average meat eater, and lower risk of diabetes compared with diets that include animal products. We'll be right back after this short break. Would you
2: like to live a happier, healthier, and longer fulfilled life? Then visit us at healthandlongevityradio.com. That's one word healthandlongevityradio.com. There you'll find valuable information and resources that can help you achieve optimal health and give you the secrets to longevity. Visit us today at healthandlongevityradio.com. Once again, that's healthandlongevityradio.com. It could change your life.
0: Welcome back to Health and Longevity. Do you have questions about nutrition, health, or longevity? This is your chance to have them answered. On each program, Dr. Westerdahl will choose a key question from our listening audience and respond to it on the air. Due to the high volume of emails, Dr. Westerdahl cannot personally answer each question on our broadcast. If you would like to submit a question, please go to our website, healthandlongevityradio.com. Once there, you will see a button to submit your questions. And now, the question of the day.
1: And our question for today is, what is wheat germ? Wheat germ is the part of the wheat that germinates to grow into a plant. That's the embryo of the seed. The wheat germ, along with bran, is commonly a byproduct of the milling process. When cereals are refined, the germ and bran are often milled out. Now, wheat germ is very high in several vital nutrients, such as vitamin E, folic acid, thiamine, zinc, magnesium, phosphorus, as well as essential fatty acids. Wheat germ also is a good source of dietary fiber. Now, I recommend sprinkling some wheat germ on your salads and other foods. This can really give you a nutritional boost. And I recommend that when you buy wheat germ, be sure it is fresh wheat germ, because wheat germ can turn rancid very easily. You can find fresh or raw wheat germ often in the refrigerated sections at your
0: health food store. And now, Health and Longevity's special feature, where Dr. Westerdahl interviews leading experts and personalities on vital topics important to your health and longevity.
1: Today on Health and Longevity, we are talking about the vegetarian diet and vegetarian foods and vegetarianism, and as editor-in-chief of Vegetarian Times Magazine, our featured guest today, Elizabeth Turner, is on a mission to change the way Americans think about healthful cooking. Since joining Vegetarian Times in 2007, she has reinvigorated the 38-year-old title as the Epicurean Magazine for the growing number of Americans who are eating vegetarian or simply cutting back on meat, and want to do it in a healthy and satisfying way. Before joining Vegetarian Times, Elizabeth worked with the staff at Shape Magazine, Shape Cooks, Teen, and Natural Health Magazines in Los Angeles and New York. And Elizabeth, thank you for being with us today here on Health and Longevity. Well, thank
3: you for having me, John.
1: Well, you know, Vegetarian Times is 38 years old now, isn't
3: it? It is. We just had our 400th issue with the January-February issue, which was pretty exciting. And um, in about a year and a half, we're going to have our, our 40th anniversary. So that'll be a big one where we really bring out like all the all that great old historical stuff, um, lots of old covers. We have a picture of... Um, the first check, subscription check that John Lennon and Yoko Ono wrote when they subscribed to Vegetarian Time. Oh, wow. So we'll be sharing um, a lot of those things and it'll be
1: very fun. Well, I'll have to tell you, I was a student uh, studying foods and nutrition up at Pacific Union College up in the Napa Valley. When I discovered Vegetarian Times, and I have to say, I probably subscribed during the first year of its publication. Really? And uh, Pacific Union College is a college affiliated with the Seventh-day Adventist educational system, so a lot of vegetarians up there at the school. And uh, when I discovered it, and of course I'm majoring in nutrition, I wanted to get that. I was so happy to see a magazine coming out dedicated to vegetarian diet, and that was great. Now tell us a little bit about the magazine history.
3: Well, it's it's interesting that you say that because um, the founder of Vegetarian Times was a guy named Paul Obis, and he was uh, a nurse, a full time nurse in Chicago in the seventies, and he had recently made the decision to go vegetarian. He'd read, um, like a lot, you know that was that was really sort of a, everybody was becoming very conscious of the environment and how um, what you eat can affect the environment at that time, and so he he was very motivated, but I think he felt sort of disconnected. He didn't know. Where all the vegetarians were, and so he started this magazine as a way to sort of build up community. And it was a four-page typewritten newsletter that he distributed around Chicago in health food stores, and it just it took off. Like he did it out of his apartment for um, a couple of months, and it, it grew into this major, but it grew into it like a significant national magazine, wow. and and it's lived on. Um, he stopped publishing, or he stopped being the editor and publisher, you know, I think in the early '90s, but, uh, mm. but it's survived. You know it's changed hands a few times, but the magazine has survived, and we're now um, reaching like 1.6 million people every month. So it's doing well. Thanks, Bill Clinton, for going <laughs> vegetarian.
1: <laughs> and who is the publisher now?
3: It's published by a company called Active Interest Media, which is a, a niche publisher. They also do uh, Yoga Journal and Backpacker Magazine and like 25 other magazines. So
1: it's a, so quite a few different magazines. It's yeah, a, it's like a publishing.
3: special interest publisher.
1: Now, how's your magazine doing in these days of economic times? Uh, a lot of magazines, boys. some of the major news magazines, at least one of them I know of, uh, is no longer going to even have a printed magazine. It's going to be online. Uh, So how's Vegetarian Times uh, doing during this times?
3: Well, we're doing okay. We're actually, I feel like we're doing quite well. Um, And I think that's because in in a down economy, people, they go back to the most basic things in life. So cooking at home becomes more important. You know, you just, food, I think, becomes a priority when when times are tough and uh, you just get back to basics and a cooking magazine is... Um, something that I think is worth the investment. So we're we have our subscriptions are growing, our newsstand sales are growing, and our even our like advertising sales are growing. So and in the last two years, we've increased our circulation three times.
1: So, Do You think part of that you kind of alluded to a little bit about people look back at getting involved in cooking more, and of course. Um, diets high in meat uh, traditionally and animal proteins and stuff tend to be more expensive. Uh, Do you think people are looking at cutting back on meat? Maybe not just for economic reasons, but also for health reasons.
3: Well, I think it's mostly for health reasons. Um, It's interesting. I hear from a lot of people that they believe it's expensive to be a vegetarian, which Mm -hmm. I think is um, total myth. Right. Um, But, yeah, actually, it is cheaper. If you, um, you know, if if you're cooking whole foods, it's definitely cheaper. I mean, if you're cooking a lot of convenience foods, then that's always more expensive. But, um, yeah, beans are definitely less expensive than any kind of animal product. And uh, that's really like we should all be like cooking up a pot of beans every week. That's kind of that's what I try to do. Maybe not every week, but every other week at least.
1: Well, that's right. You know, it's interesting. The uh, Dr. William Costelli was the director of the very famous Framingham Heart Study, um, said that, you know, the healthiest diet for your heart is really the cheapest diet. And he says beans and rice. Yeah, beans and
3: rice and vegetables.
1: And vegetables yeah. with that. Yeah. And, and there's so much truth to that. Now, let's take a look at who are the readers of vegetarian times. And boy, I see it all around everywhere, you know, even in <laughs> Grocery stores now. The bookstores aren't around as much anymore. You yeah. can see it, but uh, who are your readers, and are they mostly vegetarian subscribing?
3: Um, actually, it's it's sort of an interesting mix. Only about half of our readers are vegetarians,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: I would say about half of those are vegans, and then the other half are flexitarians. So they're people who are, I think, just considering making the move to vegetarian, or they're people who want to eat more vegetarian every week, but they're not necessarily all the way. They aren't ready to commit all the way to vegetarianism, but they definitely want to move in that direction.
1: Now, let's take a look at the population in the United States, and I think uh, the vegetarian population probably is growing, but how many really vegetarians are there in the United States these days?
3: Um, well, according to the Vegetarian Resource Group, which is the group that I always go to when I want these kind of facts, they update, they do polls almost every year. Like every year or every other year, they'll do a poll to find out how many youths in America are vegetarian, and how many adults. And according to their 2012 poll, it's gone up just a bit. It's 4% of American adults describe themselves as vegetarian or vegan. That that adds up to about 9 million Americans.
1: And do you see that growing?
3: I feel like it's growing slowly. It's it's not growing as fast as um, the magazine's popularity is growing. So mm-hmm. what, what I feel is that... Um, the trend of vegetarian is like full full-on vegetarian vegetarianism is a slow and steady mm-hmm. shift, like slow and steady cultural shift, but what is growing at a much faster rate is just curiosity in eating vegetarian and people wanting to eat more vegetarian and meatless Mondays and interest in vegan cooking. So um, I think the number of vegetarians is growing slowly, but the interest in vegetarianism is, um, is growing quickly.
1: Well, probably you'll find a lot of people who are... I've met people that are maybe 80% vegetarian, yeah. but they won't classify themselves as vegetarian because they do eat meat on right. occasion. So, But I think that population is probably growing quite quickly.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I, you know, Meatless Mondays and even if you go to restaurants now, there are so many more vegetarian options than there used to be.
4: Yes, there are.
3: Um, it's really encouraging. And even... Really popular restaurants that are completely vegetarian, like in Southern California, we have Veggie Grill, which is right. kind of a juggernaut in Southern California. They started a few years ago, and they now have like 10 locations all around California, and they're considered one of the very best restaurants by all the all press reviews. They're, they're much loved on Yelp and, and um, in the press, so that's really shifting.
1: Now, the one thing, of course that's real popular at your magazine is all those great recipes that you have in there, and uh, and you have all different types of vegetarian uh, recipes in there. To, uh, who actually creates all those recipes? Do you have a kitchen in the, up there and you're at the vegetarian times actually, and testing them? and
3: the way that it works is we go out to important and um, like up and coming and also really well established throughout the country. So uh-huh. we assign them out to chefs depending on what we want to do. You know, if we wanna do crepes, then we're gonna we're gonna find somebody who's has a nice French background and um, so we we really pick and choose who develops it. We don't in, we don't develop a lot of the recipes in house. So we have pretty famous vegetarian chefs like Deborah Madison and Mark Reinfeld and Nava Atlas and Isa Chandra Moskowitz who, you know, have their own names as cookbook authors. And then, um, Elliot Prague, who is a professor at the Natural Gourmet Institute, uh, like one of pretty much the biggest vegetarian cooking school in America. He does a lot of recipes for us. So we have people like that. And then we also, you know, we, you don't have to be a vegetarian to develop recipes for vegetarian time. Right. So Mario Batali has done recipes for us. Yotam Tom Odolenghi, who's uh, a sort of the hot chef of the moment. Uh, he has the new book out called Jerusalem that is that's vegetarian. He's a London chef who is not a vegetarian himself, but his his restaurant is is almost completely vegetarian. And he's sort of this hot um, talent who's who's doing really interesting things with with really simple vegetarian recipes. Yes. So we have those people, and then we also go, we discover a lot of up-and-comers by by sort of following the vegetarian food blogs, and so we're always looking at new up-and-coming chefs and trying to get a nice mix of, um, you know, a nice mix that sort of reflects who our readership is, too. You know, it's, it's long-time vegetarians, it's people who are curious and just, just sort of dipping their toe in the water and, um, you know, and then really... Serious foodies who want like the more sophisticated recipes. So it's we're serving a pretty diverse group.
1: What trends are you seeing right now in in vegetarian food and cooking currently?
3: Uh, I think probably the biggest trend is just the whole idea of cooking with whole foods, which I'm so happy to see. Um, Mark Bittman, who's the who's a columnist for the New York Times,
4: right. is sort of
3: famous for for promoting his vegan before 6 concept and actually he's got a new book coming out in the next couple of months called VB6 and it's just his whole story of how that came about and it was that his doctor told him that he he needed to cut his cholesterol and he needed to lose some weight and and Mark Bittman as a, as basically a chef and food writer didn't know how he was going to pull that off and this doctor said, you should go vegan. And Mark Bittman wasn't quite ready to do that. His so doctor told him that. His doctor well, told him that. Well, there's not that
1: many doctors these I days know. that are prescribing vegan diets. That's I a know. good. That's a good sign. It
3: is a good sign. Um, and so this was in New York City, and I'm sure Mark Bittman has a great, you know, very progressive doctor. Um, but Mark Bittman wasn't ready to go vegan. So his doctor said, use your, you know, use your creativity. And so what he figured out was that he could be vegan before six, and then he could have what he wanted after six. And he lost a bunch of weight and completely transformed his cholesterol profile. And he also, it wasn't just that it was vegan, but he would eat vegan food, and it would just be very simple whole foods, you know, nothing, no processed foods before six o'clock. And then after six, it was, you know, whatever he wanted so that we're actually doing um some of his recipes in our April May issue to to sort of celebrate he's done because he, you know he's not a full-time vegetarian but I think he's really done a lot to sort of yes. progress um People's awareness of how much healthier it is to eat a plant-based
1: diet. So, well, there's no question how powerful a tool a vegetarian diet can be in in health and medicine. And um, I work with a lot of patients and getting them on vegetarian diets, and they've gotten off their medication, they lost a lot of weight, uh, they're just like new people.
3: Yeah, it's really, it's really great. And then look at Bill Clinton. I mean, yes. he looks better than better than ever,
1: right? So. It's very powerful. Your food, as Hippocrates says, let food be your medicine, medicine be your food. And, and the vegetarian diet, a healthy vegetarian diet, of course, is the best way to go. Let, let me ask you, there's all these recipes that you get in, in the magazine. What are probably your most, what's your most popular Vegetarian Times recipe of all time?
3: <laughs> of all time? Personally, I think it the, the one that I've gotten the most letters about um, is a recipe that we did a few years ago. For the heart healthiest chocolate chip cookie in the world, Okay. which I think part of the reason it was so popular was its very sexy name. Um, but it is a chocolate chip cookie that, instead of eggs and butter, it uses ground walnuts okay. to make it moist and chewy. Good. And instead of white flour, there's some white flour in it, but it's got oat flour, mm-hmm. and it's just a really good walnuty chocolate chip cookie. Oh, well, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah and then the, i was i actually asked my editor the other day what you know what she my web editor what she thought was our most popular recipe and she said that um, we have this avocado and spinach panini sandwich on our facebook page and it got it got like 1500 likes the other day so
4: oh
3: that um, sounds good <laughs> yeah so oh and another one that's been really popular is one that's called guacamole reinvented and it's sort of a lightened up salad version of guacamole, where instead of just straight guacamole, it has chopped up romaine salad and chopped up radishes and little pieces of orange in it, and then it's served in the in the avocado shell, sort of like a party starter, mm. and it is, it's also a big hit on Facebook and is a really delicious recipe.
1: Sounds yeah. great. I'm getting hungry already.
3: Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> like, basically, our most popular recipes are a little bit decadent, but healthified somewhat, you know, like a veganized cookie or um you know a lighter version of guacamole and if if there's avocado in it then our readers like it so
1: well, you know, when people hear the word vegetarian, there's all types of myths out there about vegetarianism, what, you know, some of them are, you know, there a lot of them are myths. And let's talk about some of those common myths that you hear about, about vegetarian diets. Well,
3: probably the most common one that I hear is that vegetarians don't get enough protein. Like I know that
1: That's the one I get most often. Yeah,
3: too. so, you know, if, if you're making the switch to vegetarianism and you tell your... Grandmother, <laughs> like, be careful when you tell your grandmother that you're going vegetarian, um, because <laughs> she's going to be concerned about your protein right. levels and probably your iron levels too. But mostly, the big one is protein. And um, you know what I've learned from my years here is that Americans actually get twice as much protein as they need. That's you know, correct. Just by, or maybe it's because of the popularity of um, you know high protein diets a few years back. That I wonder if maybe. It went up as a result of that, but um, protein is not a problem in the American diet. No, it is um, not something that that we need to worry about. So um, I think that's kind of a frustrating a frustrating myth because it it's it's pretty persistent.
1: Right. Um, any others that you were thinking of?
3: Um, well, another one is that the best source of calcium is milk or yogurt. When really, it's been proven. For decades, that uh, you know, protein like animal protein actually leaches calcium out of your bones if you mm-hmm. get too much of it. Yes. So, other sources uh, that are that are superior, I believe, are um, greens and nuts, and even like almond milk is probably uh, a better source of calcium than than cow's milk because it's fortified with calcium. So.
1: Let's talk about, uh, besides the print uh, version of Vegetarian Times magazine, uh, what are some of the other ways that people can connect to Vegetarian Times, get more information? I know you have a lot of resources out there through the web, Internet, other ways. Uh, Tell us some of the uh, ways of connecting with Vegetarian Times.
3: Well, if you want to check out our recipes, you don't have to buy a magazine to do it. You can go on VegetarianTimes.com. You can look up Heart Healthiest Chocolate Chip Cookie and get that recipe
4: for
3: yourself. Um, And we have a blog on our website that keeps people up to date on the trends in vegetarian cooking. And we have chefs uh, around the world actually writing, you know, doing interesting things like teaching lessons on how to use agar agar and different kinds of cooking tips that you can that you can access on our blog any any day of the week and then if you if you're on Facebook you can you can like us on Facebook and then you'll get little updates about what's going on on the blog so by joining you know by liking us on Facebook you'll you'll actually know what's going on on the website so you can go go see what interests you when it hits and also if you want to go on Pinterest we have some of our historic covers on our Pinterest page so Back in the 80s, Vegetarian Times did a lot of celebrity coverage. So you can see our Michael Jackson cover and our Mr. Rogers cover. And uh, you can see um, Paul and Linda McCartney. Linda McCartney's recipe book that she did, I think it was in the 80s, um, Vegetarian Times was the first magazine to publish the recipes. So that's, that's kind of special. So you can see things like that on our, um, on our Pinterest
1: Well, Elizabeth, I want to thank you very much for being with us today on Health and Longevity, and I wish you the best of success as you promote uh, eating a plant-based diet and a vegetarian diet so that people can enjoy healthier living as well as enjoying much tastier food as well.
3: Well, thank you so much for having me. Great to talk to you.
1: Thank you. If you would like to listen to past interviews and programs of health and longevity and get more information about nutrition, health, wellness, longevity, and anti-aging, go to our website at healthandlongevityradio.com.
2: To learn more about the books written by our guests and books written or recommended by Dr. Westerdahl in this program, please visit our website at healthandlongevityradio.com. There you can learn how to obtain your copy of these valuable and informative books. Search each page for yourself and see how you can live a happier, healthier, and longer life. Visit us today at healthandlongevityradio.com. Once again, that's healthandlongevityradio.com.
1: That's all for this week's program. Please invite your friends to tune in and join us each week here on Health and Longevity. Until next time, this is Dr. John Westerdahl wishing you the best of health.
0: This has been Health and Longevity with Dr. John Westerdahl, a production of Life Talk Radio. Join us again next week on the same station and time for Health and Longevity. The preceding information on this program has been general information about your health and is not to be taken as professional medical advice, nor is it intended to serve as a substitute for medical attention. Do not change your diet or exercise habits without guidance from your medical doctor, especially if you have health problems or are on medication. Do not change your medications without the advice and supervision of your medical doctor. If you have a medical condition, we encourage you to seek the consultation of a medical doctor experienced in dietary change and lifestyle medicine. And as always, we wish you the best of health.